welcome to the Trackcast. This one's the Sydney podcast. I'm Matt Rocco. I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Well, a happy new year to all our listeners. And uh, hopefully, this is going to be the start of an upturn in the podcast mood as well as um, the Swans' fortunes this season. We've got five games to cover. We've taken a bit of a festive break, to be honest with you, partly because of, um, well, as I said, Christmas has just come and gone, but also because we were waiting on some imminent news. We look close, we look far away. We managed to go a whole month without a manager, but hopefully that is just about to change. More on that at the second half of this podcast. But for now, Steve, a quick rundown on what we've gone through in the meantime. So the last time we recorded, I think, was after the Stoke game, uh, where we drew one all. Uh, next up, which is what, where we were at, was we were talking about how we were pretty sure we we're going to have a manager very soon. And there was rumours circulating that Chris Davis was in the stadium for the game against Middlesbrough at home, and he was going to be signing that day, and it was all very positive and upbeat. Um, well, we lost the game at home, but also find out after the game that it's all off and it's just not going to happen now. And what a double whammy that was. Yeah, it was. Um, it did seem all set and that we were fairly convinced that Chris Davis was going to get the job. And it was but the longer it went on, I suppose you, you never know what's going to happen. And obviously it didn't. And um, yeah, it sort of rounded off a bad day after we lost to Middlesbrough. And in a game, if I'm honest, that we didn't play too badly and did we? But um we really shot ourselves in the foot, didn't we, by giving away a, a horrific goal. Probably not, I can't actually remember us conceding one similar to that with a back pass and then a rolled uh, indirect free kick that smashed in. But that was very disappointing, really, wasn't it? And it was, what was frustrating was, as I've said, I thought we actually played all right in that game. We should have had something at least, but that's football, I suppose, at times. And, um, yeah, to then find out as well that our manager, Real Hunt, was going to go on a bit longer afterwards was uh, was not ideal, was it? Far from, far from ideal. And I think you left that situation then thinking, right, so we're, we're back. Well, how far are we going back here now? Is he the top of a three-man shortlist? Is it a case of we tried for our number one, we couldn't get him, so now we talk to our number two and see if he's happy with the terms they've already agreed, etc. Um, and any optimism we might have had that we were far enough down the line to make that happen soon, Steve, we're soon extinguished. It, the, the numbers on the betting apps and everything started drifting again and people were just, there was no real runaway candidate then. It was almost as if we had all our eggs in the Chris Davis basket. And when that fell through, we, we had to go back to even identifying targets again. It really seemed like we were going back to the start. Nothing was happening. And the sooner you got, the closer we got to Christmas as well. And it was obviously games, a lot of games around that time as well especially when you're talking about managers who are actually in post, it, it just became more and more like, well, this isn't going to happen this side of New Year now. And as it's turned out, it's um, it was a long, laborious process. And we obviously, at this point of recording, we're still without a manager. So without trying to tempt fate, we have done this on the podcast before, Steve, where we said, this seems like a sure thing. We are considerably closer, I believe, than we were with Davis, but... You still have to kind of wait until he's holding the scarf up, really, don't you? With with the way this ownership has been over the past six, seven years, you have to really wait uh, until it's been signed, sealed and delivered. But it looks like now we finally got the man. But God, that was a process. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to have happened like quickly in the end because 
you know, there was speculation over various candidates and I was thinking really after the game on New Year's Day that there was no excuse now not to get somebody in uh, by the, the Morecambe game this weekend. But I mean, Tuesday was quiet. It's now Wednesday evening. And I would say really until late on Wednesday afternoon, it was still incredibly quiet. And I was thinking, what is going on here? I mean, are we still, you know, scratching reds, not making the decision, not getting things done? And, you know, obviously then it came out about Luke Williams uh, having the job by the looks of it. And it does look like a formality really now, but you do never know, I suppose, until uh, he comes in. But yeah, I mean, what you were saying there, I, I did fear the worst when Davis said no, thinking that if it was back to the drawing board, I didn't see a manager coming in before Preston. And then with so many games thick and fast, you could just see the scenario then, couldn't you, where it would go past the new year, which is what has happened. So, you know, um, not a process that's been brilliant. Again, I would say by the club, we've got to be realistic about it. I did like the idea of having a number one candidate and just put like, but if you're going to put all your eggs into that basket, you've got to get them. And we didn't do that. And then we were left with egg on our face, really, weren't we? So, um, but look, it does look a bit more positive now. But I mean, there were there were plenty of games for us to discuss out there before we go into too much detail on that, I think. Well, that's it. With the next game then on Black Friday, it was home to Preston. Um, still kind of reeling in situation of, well, OK, well, how do we, um, how we progress him? Sheehan was almost, he felt like he was, um, which by the way, he's taken a lot of stick on social media and stuff like that for the way the team being played. Listen, you're a caretaker manager and you're holding the reins while the club sort out their shit show in the background. You get the players motivated, you get the players inspired, and you get the players to get points on the board so that the next manager's got an easier job. No one can say he hasn't done that. I mean, the the, the players have, have have dug in. We've seen them dig in. We talk about we'll talk about the game the other day um, against West Brom, but we we'll come to that in a bit. We we've seen the players come strike come up with late goals as well. You know, Darling's late equaliser against Stoke in this game. Pat, uh, Pato's late winner at home to Preston. Performance. It wasn't great. <laughs> no, no disguise in that. The performances have been very, very sketchy. But you want your caretaker manager to keep the points ticking over, especially when you're looking to invest in a project again, which is obviously the route that Andy Coleman said from the start he was going to go down. He wanted to get back to the Swansea identity, the Swansea way, and realising what that meant. So um, in the meantime, I mean, to, to come up with that win at home to Preston, it was very welcome, very late, and um, in the end, it was uh, it was it was Pato at the double. Yeah, it was. The first half of that game was awful, um, to be honest with you. I think certainly not one that will live long in the memory. I think quite similar to Monday's game with West Brom, really. But I didn't really see much coming then in the second half. But yeah, Patterson really stepped up for us, to be fair, and. You know, I think to get that goal at the end, that was a big goal for us. I mean, just lifted the pressure because obviously there aren't, we haven't had too many wins recently. You're looking at those fixtures thinking if we don't beat Preston, we're then into two difficult away games. And, you know, the pressure could be on in those ones. And you're almost thinking that are you going to end up closer towards the bottom three or even inside it? Because some of the teams down the bottom had picked up a few results before that, like QPR, who luckily now have... I've not done much uh, since we recorded our last podcast. But um, yeah, so I think it was just vital to get that. And realistically, we've got to be honest here, our home record has been appalling, hasn't it? So 
I mean, there'll be plenty of people. I mean, I'm included in this pretty much. I I hadn't seen us win since the start of October. And that's only because I went to Plymouth, which is about three or four days after the home game with Norwich. So the majority of people hadn't seen a win since then. So it's, you know, it's been a tough season in, in that sense. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of joy, really, is there? And, you know, the decision to put season ticket prices are probably not the most inspiring, given what's been going on down here. But, um, yeah, so I think that we really needed that win, I think, from my point of view. So to, to get it and look, last minute is always a bit special, isn't it? I mean... There is that special feeling of if you steal it late on. I mean, we've had loads of them down the years, as, as most clubs have. And, um, you know, you, you end up buzzing, don't you, after the game then, really. So, um, yeah, not a memorable night in terms of performance, but definitely a standout moment from what's been, you know, not the best of seasons so far, isn't it, To just to get that winner at the end. Yeah, and a, a quick word on, on Pat, but Steve, I... Probably you could have offered me a lot of money than the prospect of me saying these words. But um, he's really come back into his own, probably his best run of form since um, since the start of his time here under Russell Martin. First few months there, his link up play with Perot, if you recall. Um, then obviously the wheels came off and you and I, well, I definitely was saying, listen, this guy needs to go. I mean, he's, he's obviously not a good influence. He's obviously had a lot of issues where he's not out he's out of the team he's not performing he's not it didn't look like he was trying a lot of the time it was a real struggle to watch him on the pitch and um yeah to, to see his resurgence this season and um, particularly in the last few months Steve has been uh it's been really good and he scored an absolute beauty in that game as well against Preston is stunning half volley um added into the bottom corner and yeah you you know for him personally and for the team it's, it's more than welcome now that Perot's not here we need we do need goals and performances from elsewhere to help chip in don't we yeah massively I think you know goals has been a problem for us really isn't it we've we've not really scored loads of them and I think you're looking sometimes at the team thinking where are the goals going to come from so for Pato to pop up with a couple there was vital um he is a funny one isn't he you know um like you say, he started his first season. You're brilliant when you're thinking he's got the potential to be a real crowd favourite. Then we had that incident, then we were with the contract, and he didn't do a lot after that. Last season was was poor, and he didn't play a lot. But now he's come back into his own this season. So it, he's a funny one. It's it's hard to tell what what it is. You, you, I suppose you, it's really great that he's in a good moment right now, and long may it continue. But can you put your house on him to stay that way? I don't know. So. You look at his situation and think he's out of contract in the summer. I think he's 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 you'd be 32 by then. I don't know if he's 32 right now, but um, you've got to think then. What what do we do? He wouldn't want to cash in at him, for example. He wouldn't get a lot, and but at the same time, you wouldn't want to reward him too much either because you don't know the situation. So I think for now we've got to really let it play out. And I think as if things carry on, then I'm sure a one year contract extension would be pretty good further down the line, really. So um. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. But he's doing well for us with goals, and we need them from from other places, really, don't we? One or two others have have chipped in over the um, the holiday period, and um, long may it continue, really, because that's what we need. We don't have a Perot this year, and obviously, Uncham is not here. He was another one that you could um, rely on for a few goals. So it does feel like we've been weaker in that department. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's where the importance comes in. We certainly don't have that focal point up front that we had last couple of years. 
um, someone we can rely on to dig us out of a hole. So let's ask the others to, sh to uh, shoulder that burden and um, we need it. Um, next up came uh, oh, a massively forgettable trip to St. Mary's, Steve. Um, it was long anticipated since Russell Martin made his switch to Southampton in the summer. And um, looking at both those fixtures coming around Christmas time, you're thinking, oh, no, that's a quick turnaround. To, uh, initially, I made the comment back in September time, was, was Russell Martin even going to be in a job at Southampton by the time this came around? This upturn in form there has been remarkable. I think we're unbeaten in something like 15 now or something like that, isn't it? It's, uh, well, it's more. I think it's about 17 or 18, isn't it? Crazy. You know, it's great. It's great um, uh, run of form that they've hit now and uh, have pulled themselves right up towards the upper echelons of the division. So, um, to go there was always going to be a daunting ask. They've got probably, arguably, the best squad in the division, certainly one of the top two, uh, two or three. So to see to see us go there with us, um, you know, not playing with a great deal of confidence or really any sort of kind of pizzazz about our play, we're going to go there and you're thinking, right, we should try and make sure that we stay in the game as long as we can here and, and see what we can do. Um, yeah, it was a bit men against boys in the end, wasn't it? It was a bit of a pitiful display. That second half in particular, I think, was um, was in, was embarrassing from a Swansea City perspective. Yeah, it wasn't good at all, was it? Um, the, the weird thing is, obviously, we had a couple of really good chances at the start, didn't we? The, the Yates one and the, the low one. I mean, the low one in particular, I mean, he had a bit of time there. He could really have just brought it down, but he didn't. And... Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, it was men against boys. I mean, they've scored a nice first goal. Humphreys playing at right back. That was a, a strange choice, really, wasn't it? I, I didn't agree with that. And he had a bad game. He's not the only one, admittedly. But I think from my point of view, he shouldn't have been selected to play there. That was a, a poor call from Sheehan. Um, the second goal was a disaster, to say the least, wasn't it? Um, quite fitting that we probably conceded one like that against Martin because... We could be poor defensively under him. Um, and then after that, really, we it, it was an embarrassing performance, really. We, we just got completely picked off. I think it could have been worse because I don't think Southampton were at their best either. So, yeah, a day to forget. I've got sympathy with everyone that went down there, really, because that would have been a, a tough one to take. I mean, on Boxing Day, it's not easy to get around. There's no trains running or anything like that. And, you know, I think about 1,300 made the effort to go down there. And um, it was a bad day at the office, wasn't it? So... Yeah, um, I think we, you like me, probably thought that we would lose there, but you certainly don't expect to lose like that, and it's not acceptable, is it? Um, it's very disappointing, and um, but luckily there was a reaction in the next game at least. Yeah, and I think if you're going to say right, they're the much better squad, we have said that, and we're going to say right, you know, it's that golf in quality, but. It wasn't acceptable. You're absolutely right. It wasn't acceptable that the, the second half of that game, there wasn't enough competitive edge. There wasn't enough. We weren't closing down quickly enough. We weren't cutting off the passing lanes. It was really just allowing them to, as you say, play in second or third gear and still keep scoring was, you know, we are in the same division, albeit not probably not for that much longer. But even so, you're in that position where you've got to be able to at least be competitive on the pitch. If you haven't got the quality, you give the heart. And and it was sad to see us not really put in that fight the last 20, 25 minutes of that game. So, um, yeah, roll on, uh, you know, go away to Coventry then on the 29th, Steve. And um, 
yeah, a, a, a game where you think, well, you know, fair play to Coventry. They always seem to go <laughs> a bit better, a bit better, a bit better. And um, getting getting that sort of result against them, especially in the manner in which we got the equaliser late on, kind of felt, uh, you know, it, it felt like we needed that sort of reaction, didn't we, given the, the, the capitulation of the game before? Yeah, I think um, it wasn't a brilliant performance at, at Coventry, at least, but we started better. We got a goal early on. It was nice to see Walsh chip in with a goal. Um, you know, it, it didn't last long, did it? A bit like that trip to Leeds a few weeks ago, um, where we've, uh, you know, we've hung on to it for I think it was about less than five minutes, or certainly not much more than that. And um, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't think we were brilliant up there, if I'm honest with you. It was not as anywhere near as bad as Southampton, but. Um, it did look as if Coventry were finally going to beat us for the first time since the 1980s until we got that uh, penalty at the end. I mean, um, yeah, it feels... Well, sorry, not penalty, free kick. What am I talking about? It's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? One of those curses that every team has against someone and someone else is their curse. I mean, for us, it's Bournemouth, isn't it? At the moment, we can't buy a win against them. When we were in the Prem, it was Tottenham. But we are the one for Coventry. I mean, it's... Uh, it's bizarre to think that they were winning against us in the last minute of this season. Last season, they were 3-0 up on us and didn't win. So it does feel like they're a bit of a, a lucky opponent for us, really, doesn't it? But um, again, there was a strange selection with that game. You think that we played with Cullen, Lowe and Yates at um, Southampton. Yeah, they were all dropped and Balassi was put up front for this one. Don't really understand the managers thinking there. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, it would have been far better to have played Balassi maybe at Southampton and instead of someone like Cullen and then put him up front in this game. At least then you're not playing square pegs and round holes, which is something that we've been really frustrated about, isn't it, over a, a period of time really now, especially when there's there's no need to do that. So that was a little bit of a strange one, but look, I think we've got to be happy with the point there, haven't we? I think when you're going through this spell where you've got a caretaker for a while and you're waiting for a new manager and a little bit of limbo, performances don't feel quite as important, I don't think. But I'm not willing to accept Southampton, obviously. But um, at the same time, you just got to try and get points on the board, I think, and to relieve the pressure. And, you know, we have managed to do that to a certain extent. And that was a, another good point on the road. Coventry have started the season poorly, but they have picked up quite a lot now. They seem to be a side that might be one to watch in the second half of the season. And um, to go there and get a point, I think, was just rewards. And, uh, you know, again, we had a pretty good following up there for a night game, so I'm glad that everyone that went was, uh, you know, were rewarded for it on this occasion, whereas they weren't obviously um, on Boxing Day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I suppose you'd have to go back to to Duff's last game to only really be fair about it. But um, the results we've had in the past month or so, looking at the um, impact late goals have had for us. I mean that I talk about Duff's last game, obviously the late, late equaliser um by uh Patino um in that game was obviously not enough to keep him in post, but talk about Darlin's late equaliser against Stoke and Pato's late winner against Preston. This was a late equaliser from Cullen from the free kick against Coventry. You know, we we we're picking up big That's four points that is, isn't it? That's a lot of points. There's a lot of points and you know, and, and when you when you consider um, the 
like I say, the, the, the psychology of where we're at. I mean, the club is at a bit of a low ebb. We've had a, uh, what's turned out to be a disastrous appointment in the summer in Michael Duff. We spent what seemingly the whole of the club's funds on players, which we're probably not going to see much of a return on. So we, we, we go in from style to substance, to style to substance, uh, back and forward manager choices. If you look at since relegation, we've gone from Porter to Cooper um, to Martin. To Duff, and now we look like going back to Lily Williams. So it's it's banging back and forth all the time. So the, the club, the fan base, we spoke about this. We spoke about this for years. Once we spoke about this in the Premier League days, Steve. But the one thing with the fan base is anger is often portrayed as a negative trait, but anger is fine. Apathy is the thing that kills clubs, and that's something we've come, seen coming in in spades. People are just not turning up anymore, are just not bothered anymore. The celebrations for goals don't feel as passionate anymore. In the sense that I think just people are so disillusioned with everything going around. So for this, these players, and and, and again, I, I'm going to mention Sheehan here because he's, he's, he's got them fighting for each other later on. As you say, four points in a team that was struggling, ultimately. They've just backed their manager. It's no mean feat, is it? No, it isn't. I mean, I think you're right there with that, the apathy here. I mean, as you say, at least when people are angry, you know they care. I think down here now, and I'm not criticising people for this because I understand the frustration and I share some of those feelings as well, is that I think we've been angry with this regime, haven't we, from the start, really. You look at, you know, we we were a stable Premier League club and then decisions were made that were bad with managers and poor signings. It took us out of the division, which I don't think anyone was too shocked at. Um, and then the shafting of certain managers like Graham Porter and um, Russell Martin. And then others have, like Cooper was backed, but it was mainly with lone players, which is fine if you go up. Then Duff was backed here and it was, it's been crap. And I think people just feel quite disillusioned by it. And they're almost as if to say, well, we can't really do anything about this. And we feel like we're on a slippery slope ever so slowly going downwards. And people are genuinely just fed up with it. And that's why, like you say, there's a... Even we know that the club are counting tickets sold. They're not. They're not counting. Um, you know the um, the actual people going through the turnstiles. I don't think it's been lower than it's been for a long time. I mean, I think the only reason it doesn't look quite as bad is because there's been quite a lot of sides that have brought good away followings down here, for example. So that sort of mastered a bit. But um, yeah, there is certainly a degree of apathy here, and I think it certainly needs the next manager to be someone that inspires us and hopefully Luke Williams can be that if it's him. But um, yeah, I think just getting those points on the board is is critical, isn't it? I mean, you know, we we don't want to be going down. That, that, that's for sure. I mean, you know, we, we've worked really hard, I would say, over a long period to get ourselves into the upper two tiers of English football, you know, after a long time in the doldrums. I always remember my father saying when we went up under Martinez at Chillingham, it's like been going for 40 years. I've only seen five seasons out of the bottom two divisions and two of them are relegation. Now, when you think of it like that, that says a hell of a lot, doesn't it? So, you know, we've got to, we've just got to try and keep things going. But as I say, Sheehan, to be fair, much as I'm not a fan hugely, I think he's a good talker. He has steadied the ship as best he can. I certainly don't think he was the man for the long-term job, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was left in a tricky position himself. So I think... You can't really complain about the job that he's done overall, but certainly feels now as if it's gone on long enough and, and things needed to change, and hopefully they have done. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, you, you referenced there those four points um, that we've gained late on. 
um, they they could be crucial. I mean, we're, we're a long way ahead of the bottom three now. And just just sometimes when you get that big goal, as it did with the Preston one, from a fan point of view, it gives you that lift. And it would have given the players a lift a lot of these late goals as well, really. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the most important thing. And we've, like I said, we've got some decent points on the board, really, overall, haven't we? So we've got to be content, I would say, within reason about how things have gone. But you do feel as if, um, you know, mistakes have been made again behind the scenes and Sheehan's just had to, you know, steady the ship, hasn't he, in the meantime? Yeah, and I think it's been pointed out in the last couple of days that um, we were actually only three points worse off than Russell Martin was last season as Swansea manager, and exactly the same points total as we were in his first season, um, which goes to show how much this fan base um, wants to be entertained and wants to enjoy watching the way the team played. It's not just about picking up results because, um, you know, the, the, the mood around the place, you know, was never this was never this bad, you know, and we went on some horrific runs under Russell Martin. But it goes to show that you, you pick up those late points and we spoke about, um, you know, the the attitude in the players. And again, I think it's epitomised in the um, in the West Brom game the other day, another horrendous first half, Steve, a game, a game I thought was absolutely awful. Um, Carlos Colbran brought West Brom down here and I think most people would have thought there that this would a chance for them or an opportunity that they would outline as an opportunity for them to get three points on the road, um, you know, as they sit in the playoffs. But we, we the game was dire in the first half. We got the crucial goal in the second and um, defended admirably again. Yeah, I was surprised by how poor West Brom were. I mean, they were coming off a, a win over Leeds, which, you know, is a very good result. I would say that the top four in this division do seem to be clear of everybody else by a fair margin. So and I think I was expecting more from them. And I thought they were quite poor. They had a couple of decent chances in the first half. But I mean, in the second, yeah, they, they had a little bit of territory and stuff like that. But it didn't really hurt us, did they? But i um, got to say, in the second half, we were better. Um, we had a couple of chances. Then we, Jamal Lowe seemed to get his be tripping over his own feet a couple of times. Obviously, timing at the bar later on with a very good shot. But, um, you know, the goal was a nice one. And... Callum will have, always have his critics that his all-round play isn't amazing or anything like that. But I'll always say he always gives everything. And in that situation that he found himself in with that chance, you do back him to score. He is a finisher. So, you know, building on that free kick that he scored at Coventry, you know, he's got scored in back-to-back games now, which will do the world of good for his confidence. Obviously, he's spending most of the season playing out of position as well, isn't he? So, you know, hopefully now yeah. with a new man, that won't happen because, as we've said, square pegs and round holes isn't something I like. I'd much rather he was up front if he's going to play. So that's what I'm now hoping for. And, um, yeah, it was a good win. You'd have to say it's one, one of, if not the best of the season, really, because I think a lot of the teams that we've beaten have been poor ones, haven't they? I mean, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, for example, are, are two of them, aren't they? And then, you know, Plymouth uh, are a side that are not doing great. Who else we've beaten? Norwich are hit and miss, aren't they? Um, Preston are on a, a really poor run. So, you know, you added, oh, Millwall's another one we've beaten. It doesn't feel like we've beaten anybody half decent. So, so beating West Brom, I think, is uh, has got to be our best win so far this season, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. And 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 uh, as I say, the, it, we we did you know play a lot better in that second half. I will say that if anyone who hadn't seen it or go, go down um, the other day, the weather might well have been a bit of a leveler because it was horrible. It, well, if it was at the vet, it would have been off, wouldn't it? Oh, 
yeah, you know, it was just, it didn't even say, like, if that, if the rain had started, because the rain started about midday, if it had started a few hours earlier, um, you know, it, it, it could have made that pitch almost unplayable, even with the drainage that it's got, because there were, the edges of the pitch were looking, starting to look very sketchy in that second half anyway. So, um, yeah, it was really, really horrible day, horrible weather, and, and it wasn't one for slick football, as you say. Um, but there were there were chances being created in the second half by us, and it was the grit. And he, again, you know, we 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 mentioned um, you mentioned Cullen there. That's that's four points that he's he's earned us in in two games there with with his goals. And um, if the ball is going to drop to someone, you know, 10, 12 yards out, centered to goal like that, I don't think there's another in the Swan squad at the moment. I'd rather drop to. Um, yeah, he's he's if he's going to play, he should be playing up front. And Jamal Lowe, he offers more as a wide man. I don't think he's got that killer uh, striker. I don't think he's a finisher. Um, we talked about the early chance um, the game before, and 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 how we we could have um, was it the game before? When was the early chances? Was that Southampton? Um, yeah, Southampton was one of them, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, um, the you know he he gets those sometimes those situations where he just fluffs his lines at the end and stuff. So um, I, I prefer Colin. He doesn't. He's not a winger. He's never been um, for us in that regard. So I think he needs to um, you know play up front and uh, be on the end of those sorts of chances. And as he said himself, when that ball came back in from Grimes and he saw Darling was going up for it, there's not many better in the division at winning the ball. Darling should have six or seven goals more, really, because the amount of times he wins the ball in the penalty area is is like no one I've seen play for us for a long, long time. He's, he wins everything up there, so um, especially like as a as a centre half going up there for us. So he's nodded it down, and, and Cullen's uh, lashed it home. But um, you know, it was it was back to like old school. Um, we mentioned in an earlier podcast, Steve, the like the Sunderland game. We were down to ten. And you, you had that last 20 minutes where you, you kind of expect that in this game, it really didn't look like West Brom were very that very close to getting an equaliser. But it still took us to, you know, to dig in and clear our lines and make some last ditch tackles to make sure they didn't get that sniff. Yeah, we did. And to be fair, we like I said, we looked quite safe, really, didn't we? I didn't think they were causing us too much problems. But yeah, there were there was positives in that in the way that we we sold the game out really. I mean, Rashford took a couple of crosses as well, didn't he? So that always takes the pressure off. Um, yeah, we, we've got to be really pleased with it. I think it's um, it wasn't a game I was expecting us to win. So to get a win, and we have to say as well that we probably deserved it based on how well we played, particularly at the start of the second half. So yeah, that that's great. And it just there should be a little bit of confidence there now, and that that just helps the new manager, doesn't it? it gives and also the, the breathing space. Eleven points clear now with the bottom three. We're closer to the playoffs than the bottom. We're not going to get in the playoffs, I know that. But it's just the fact now that someone can come in and if they don't get the ground running, you don't have to panic or you don't have to look at it and go, we're in a dogfight here. Does that have to impact on the choice of manager? You want to get someone in, you know, like, let's be honest, we're getting close to Neil Warnock time now, aren't we, where someone will probably appoint him. And I most certainly wouldn't want us to go down that route. So, you know, and... There could be no argument for doing it now anyway because we're in a, a far stronger position. Um, so, yeah, the new man will have a little bit of time to implement things and without the pressure of desperately needing urgent results. So that's got to be a good thing. It's huge. And I think, you know, looking at not just 
who we appoint, but who we can appoint in that situation. If we were looking that we were, you know, 20th or something and a couple of points outside the bottom three, then you're thinking, who's is a, is a Luke Williams going to want to come here? Because he knows he's going to have to bed his ideas in. And he certainly doesn't want to do that whilst the, the, the prospect of relegation is looming large over him, you know. You want to you want to have that opportunity. You want to have that breathing space, and you know there's every chance that your favoured manager then goes. This you know maybe I'm interested as a as a as an idea, but this is the wrong time for me. This isn't the right time for me to come into you. So I think it's huge, and I don't think enough really has been said about the importance of the results that we picked up. Um, I know a lot of people have had plenty to say about the performances, and I don't disagree. There's been a lot of horrible performances. We talked about the second half Southampton, the first half, and a lot of the games we've been playing have been really forgettable affairs. Um, and it, it has been a case of us willing to dig in and fight till the very end, which has seen us pull away um, from the bottom three. And um, so, yeah, from my assessment of of she and Steve is. Um, he was put in a difficult position. Uh, he's been brought in, uh, and the man, the man he's been brought in to to work alongside, has been sacked, and he's been kept on in a caretaker role and been told, you know, keep the seat warm uh, while we go hunting for new manager. That's taken an absolute age, through no fault of his. Uh, he's had to keep the keep the guys' heads up, the players' heads up, keep them fighting. We've had. He's had to do all this through the hectic Christmas period as well, so it's an even more congested fixture list. Um, had he wanted to put his own stamp or plan or ideas on the team, if he wanted to play a certain way, the pressure certainly would have been on him to make sure the results ticked over because it was almost like an on-the-job kind of <laughs> see this, you know, see. And, and obviously, the club were going to to look around and interview other managers. I don't think. Um, he gets enough credit for uh, getting the um, getting the results he has, and uh, you know what he's done for us now is has allowed us that breathing space, as you said, and it, it puts us in a much more favourable position than we were uh, four weeks ago. Yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? I mean, I think it's eleven points from seven games. I mean, would Duff have got that return? I, I'm not convinced he would. If you look at what's happened earlier in the season, so. You could argue that some of those points are undeserved, and I, I would not disagree with that at all. Um, but look, we've got those points on the board, and we, it was always going to be about points doing this little spell, as I said earlier. You know, you, you're in limbo. Um, you know, you just need some points to keep ticking over. A little bit like when Gary Monk was sacked, and Alan Curtis and Dave Adams were taking the team. Now, not that I'm saying that we were playing especially badly doing that, but you'd run at our best. But we, I could see we were okay, we were at least reasonable. Um, but you were just hoping points would be on the board before somebody came in. And um, to be fair, I think they did a similar sort of job, but with, with us playing a bit better. But we did pick up, you know, some good points in that spell and that took the pressure off them when when Greedlin came in. But um it's uh that Sheehan has, has done that now for, for the next manager. So that's a that's a big plus because the run that we were on, I mean it was relegation was becoming a bit of a, a concern, really, wasn't it? I mean, because we were struggling. Some of the other teams at the bottom were starting to pick some points up, and um, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I think the, the, I think winning that game at Rotherham was crucial because if they'd beaten us, then you're thinking, well, where are we going to win? And also that they would have pulled a bit closer to us. I know there was still a bit of a gap there, but 
it just worries you, doesn't it? But we've we've picked up some some decent points, haven't we? So look, it's it's a good thing, but I'm also glad that it's at an end. So we spoke. Um, well, we speak all the time, of course, but in terms of how we saw the manager search go in, um, really grateful for him uh, keeping keeping things taken over on the on the league table points points taken over. We were hoping, really hoping, that it wasn't going to be offered to Sheehan um, for the permanent role, um, just because we wanted to go in a different direction. We wanted to go um, back to uh, it's because Andy Coleman would have looked an absolute idiot for a start. Not that that matters, but in terms of what he's come up and said, some very big things in terms of how he sees the next manager, what he wants to get back to. So to dither around and go looking around for a month and then saying, oh, it's the guy. Actually, sorry, it's the guy that was here previously. As as you know, he's he's the one who's been posted last month. He's the one getting the job, and we really wanted to go out and um, rectify the mistake of of the um of the previous appointment so um we saw chuffed i'll be honest with steve since the shortlist come up there's been a lot of talk about chris davis eric ramsey as well as the one of the later ones that um who's the favorite yesterday i think um so to see it come around it was always luke williams's name in there for me i don't know about you but that was the one i was thinking if i could choose from any of these seven or eight names on this list it would be luke williams because obviously a um, not just the, because he is going back to the style of play and the players have seemingly wanted to go back to that sort of style of play as well with him, but the fact that he's been a manager as well and he's actually shown that what he does gets success. It's not a case of, it's not all on paper. It's not all a theory. He, in his sense, he's taken it and he's gone into a job and he's put it into practice and shown he can get success with it. And listen, he's, He's taken Notts County up last season with um, a phenomenal points record, albeit having to beat, <laughs> having to to compete with a team um, in Wrexham who were just infallible with the with the with the money they were able to spend in getting players in there. But he still managed to get him up through the playoffs, and he's taken. If he leaves there, he leaves them in fifth place um, as they stand at the moment in League Two. Uh, no one can say that this is. Um, I don't know, a shot in the dark. This this guy knows what he wants to do and he, he knows how to get results from it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean you can't dispute that at all. He's um you know, I think he was he was manager of Swindon before he joined up with Russell Martin and MK Dons and then obviously was with us for a, at the beginning of uh, Martin's reign. Um but yeah, look, he went to Notts County um and in any other season they would have walked promotion, but they had a formidable opponent. But um, they obviously did come through the playoffs then, and now they're in a, this great position in in League Two. But it's not just that, is it? It's it's the style, as you were alluding to, isn't it? It's this extreme possession type play. But if anything, like with Martin, we, it felt like sometimes it was a little bit maybe slow, and we didn't create a great deal of chances. But I mean, Notts County don't seem to have that problem at all. I mean, they've they're the top scorers again in English football. They've got 55 goals this season. Now they have let in a few. So there is a little bit of a price to pay for it at times, but look, I would you rather that or a Paolo Souza type? I think you know what my answer is or every day. So I'm I think it's a, a good appointment. It's you know, like you say, he is someone who's managed. 
and he's worked here before. He does know some of the players. We'll have a slight advantage with that. But I mean, as long as you've got a philosophy, those things are, are only going to be a minor help, really. I mean, this is a guy that has been successful with a style of play that we like. He will come in here. That's exactly what you want to do. And uh, I'm encouraged by it. There will be teething problems, I'm sure, uh, as there often are in these situations. But we've just got to be a little bit patient with it. I mean, I think the, the new manager now does have this little bit of a free reign where, you know, where we can afford a few uh, losses, as I've said, and he can take the long term view of trying to implement things, even if it does cost us a little bit in the short term. So that's a good position to be in. Not a huge amount of pressure, I would say, at this stage either. And, you know, to have a manager in that's he's quite a big personality, I think, as well, um, that will help because Duff was was crap, wasn't he, in that sense? I mean, Sheehan hasn't been too bad, but Duff was awful. And I think someone coming in like that, a bit of, who's got a bit of a personality, someone that wants to play the way that we want, it just gives us a lift, doesn't it? Because it's been quite a dispiriting and frustrating season, like you mentioned about the apathy earlier. But I do think Luke Williams could breathe a bit of life back into it. And it feels like we really need that. So, um, look, it's it's got to be a good thing, isn't it? But we do have to be patient as ever. But I'm I'm optimistic that, you know, I, I, you, you could never tell how successful you're going to be, but it's not going to be boring. And uh, that's always something that uh, I'm looking for because, you know, when we're going down uh, to the Swans, we want to be entertained, don't we? We want to see free-flowing football. We want to see goals. And under Luke Williams, that is what we're going to see, I think. So, yeah, it's uh, it gives us more encouragement, doesn't it? Absolutely does, and I think, as you say, getting that, getting people excited about going to watch the Swans again is is a massive battle that the the owners have had to contend with. I mean, they've they've gone through, um, obviously, when you've had the previous management, I think probably the last time fans were genuinely excited to go down for any length of time would have been Potter. In that second half of the season, where we were not only buzzing about, um, you know, the the style of play, but the fact that we were we were winning games as well at such a regular pace, we were we were really blowing teams away, particularly at home and stuff like that. And Russell Martin was he 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 was he was very much hot and cold in terms of results, and you know, and right towards the end of his spell here, um, when when he when he tweaked the the start the formation a bit. Then we went on that run, which almost saw us sneak into the playoffs. But get get the getting the fans back on side has been a massive issue, you know, to really in, invigorate the fan base. And he does seem like a character, as you say, he seems like a motivator. Um, and it's really interesting to see how this has developed as well, because, like I said, as of yesterday, even probably this morning, it was it was Eric Ramsey's favourite um, for the job, although the market. Had, almost died a death in terms of who was actually going to be appointed because it just seemed to nothing be happening. So something must have moved, Steve, today. Um, you know, something must have moved significantly to make this um, shift so dramatically in his favour. Any any ideas? Was there was there maybe some niggling points on the conversations about his contract or what he was going to be afforded that they've had to go back to him today and give him assurances and I mean, this is something we cannot fuck up. You know, we need to make sure that if we're going to say we're going to give him X, Y, and Z or allow him to do X, Y, and Z, that we follow through with it. We can't have another situation where a manager's been uh, been misled. Um, do you think it's been something like that, like a contract negotiation breakthrough? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because it does feel like it has come on out of the blue. I mean, 
I suppose maybe we were a bit quieter behind the scenes during the, the period where we had so many games. I don't know, but it's hard to tell to, in general, isn't it? I mean, but also they, they keep the cards pretty close to the chest, it feels like, is what they've done with this one. And they sprung it on us, you know, quite quickly. But I mean, I think one thing we've always got to bear in mind now is there are more people behind the scenes. So it could easily be a case now of it's harder to make decisions because there's a lot of different voices. I mean, before, arguably, was it just Levy and Kaplan calling the shots with maybe Coleman or obviously previously Winter, something like that. Whereas now we've got the likes of Nigel Morris, Brett Cravath of put money in. Do, do they want to say as well? I mean, the fact is when you put money in like that, you probably do. I'm not criticising them for it, but the problem then is if they're on one page and others are on another one, then it's like, well, what do you do, isn't it? It's It can become a little bit more complicated sometimes. So it could be something to do with that, but Look, at the end of the day, they've they've made a far better decision this time. We have to hope that they've learned a lesson here, that you have to stick to the style of play. Because we don't want to be in a situation again now where whenever Luke Williams, however well he does, anything like that now, further down the line, when another manager comes in here, that we again rip it up and go down a different route. That's not the way to go. We need to have similar managers with similar philosophies like we did years ago, where we had Martinez with the all-out free-flowing football, Souza, similar in terms of possession, but more cautious. And then Rogers, who was probably not quite as attacking as, as Martinez, but better defensively, and that was perfect. Laudrup used to utilise more inside forwards than he as opposed to wingers. And um, But they all had similar type of principles, didn't they? And it worked brilliantly for us. So, you know, that's the type of thing we need to bear in mind now. No more of this chopping and changing constantly between different styles. It doesn't work, as we've seen. And um, we've paid a price for it this season. Essentially, it's, it's now uh, a wasted season. And, um, you know, Williams is going to have to try and uh, salvage it, really. Yeah. And, and obviously, in theory, it is absolutely watertight. But in practice, you've got businessmen and money men at the top here who are only going to buy into that if it proves it gets results. I mean, they could look at this. And if, if it is Luke Williams and he absolutely tanks and we, 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 we get nowhere with him, then they're not going to look to carry on that because they're going to go, well, that, that didn't work. That was horrible. <laughs> so they're going to look at it. And this is kind of where the the, the mishmash came with Michael Duff because obviously they went, we went through that awful spell with Russell Martin um, second half of last season or middle of the second half of last season and the complete breakdown with the owners as well, which point obviously going to be going in the summer anyway um but to take it into a different direction then with michael duff is is a sense of well maybe we need to go a little bit more substance and get a bit more because it's all well and good having 600 passes a game under russell martin but we actually want to get a team in the premier league here so you see where i'm going with this It, it needs to be a success as well as you know, what the fans want, for the owners to buy into it, it also needs to be successful. So fingers crossed, because that is how we repeated the process, as you talked about, when we went from Martinez to Souza, Souza to Rogers, Rogers to Laudra. They were all bettering the previous manager. So all reinforcing the idea that this was the way to go. And of course, there's plenty of players who played under most of those. You look at the likes of Dyer and stuff like that, who played under a lot of those managers. And kept being, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet because you have that consistency, because you have that same style of play. You're not going to buy 
11, 12 players every transfer window, every summer transfer window, because you're changing the style back and forth and back and forth. The only way they're going to buy into that is successful. Yeah, exactly. So, like you say, it does need to work, really, doesn't it? But, you know, I'm optimistic that it can, but it might not be overnight. That's always the issue. I mean, it wasn't with Martin. I think it, it did take a while, didn't it? And then you almost felt like we'd gone through a lot of the hard stuff. And then it really paid off at the end of last season where I know we'd had a similar run earlier in the year, but I really felt like we'd played far better in that run at the end of the season. And I felt optimistic about the one upcoming, but obviously the the, the relationship, I think, had broken down in it between the owners and the and the manager. And he's ended up moving on. And um, yeah, we, we've ripped it up, haven't we? So, But they, they have realised that they made a mistake, at least with Duff. I mean, they could have let that go on longer, couldn't they, and didn't. So that's a positive. Um, as ever the proof will be in the pudding will it but they need to learn I mean they've been here long enough now they should be realising that a lot of the decisions that they've made have contributed to us being unsuccessful and has cost them a lot of money so you know they they really need to start paying attention now to, to what is um what can work here and what can't because yeah. you know the fact is if they carry on making mistakes in the way that they have eventually we will end up in league one but I do feel like now they've made a good appointment if Luke Williams gets the job. So we can feel a bit more optimistic again. But yeah, let's let's hope it works out because we need it to really, don't we? Yeah, so listen, we're going in, we're throwing all our eggs in this basket now. Let's hope we don't have a kind of face again. Uh, where we left, look at Luke Williams as a manager. How similar is he to Russell Martin, Steve? How much are we going to see a return to that style of play? Is there anything that maybe he likes to do differently? Or is, are we going to see a return to um, three, three or the wing-back situation, which I believe is where we're going to go with it? And, you know, have we got the players also at the moment to meet the demands of a Luke Williams team? Well, we've definitely got the players to play wing-backs, haven't we? Because that was how the, um, the squad was moulded in the summer. So in that sense, it would you know be understandable if we went back to that anyway, I think because we need to bring people in otherwise. But, um, yeah, it depends if there's money to spend, really, because we need to bring a couple of wide players in, ideally, don't we? I mean, we could sell a couple to to maybe try and make a difference. But um, I think that's what it hinges on. I, I do think we will go back to a back five, but, but that's OK as long as we can make it work. I think that's the, the thing. That I know me and you in general are not big fans of it, but it can work if your wing-backs are good. So... I mean, Williams will get a bit of time now, will he, to try and implement it. So, you know, we we just have to back him in terms of what he does. It might not be 100% what we're looking for with that with the formation, but I mean, he's had great success at Notts County with it, so you can't really um, knock it there. But I think the, the main difference is, I think the, the domination of games seems to be a bit more from Williams at Notts County but also the creation of chances as well. So I know Martin obviously can argue that this season it has been different for him with a bigger budget, and that's fair enough. But I think that's certainly where we'd be looking for a little bit different year. It felt like we were a bit slow at times, didn't it? So I'm hopeful that that will be a little bit different under Williams. But they, look, they've got similar principles. I mean, if he'd come in in the summer, they would not have needed to be such an overhaul. They would have needed to be more additions than normal because of the way that uh, Martin was stitched up in the transfer market. And the fact then that three or four others ended up being sold as well. But um, yeah, I think we will see. There are similarities. Uh, I think that's 
that is fair to say. And it, you know, it could could have easily been a smooth transition from Martin to to Williams, like we've had in the past with some of the other managers. But you know, when you appoint someone like Duff instead, that's not the case, is it? Yeah, it, it, there's obviously still question marks over the hierarchy at the Swans as well, and that will that will be crucial to the success of Williams um, if it's to if it's to be him because there's question marks over um, the likes of Paul Watson at the club who you know has been in charge of the recruitment side of things and responsible for the summer spending, which has largely been you know. Nah, at best, isn't it? I mean, there's been a, one or two signings you could say, okay, you know, like Josh Key, for example, um, and you know, and, and and a couple of the loan players. But outside of that, you're, you're looking at a pretty big waste of money for a club that doesn't have a great deal to waste. Um, you think Williams would have, you know, sought some assurances on him being able to build the squad on the team his way in, in terms of taking this job? I mean, probably yes, but I mean, I suppose you've got to look at it another way. We are, rather than someone like Chris Davis, who's in a good job at Tottenham, probably on a lot of money, and probably has made a lot of money over the last 10 years from, you know, working with Brendan Rodgers at places like Leicester and Celtic. I mean, Luke Williams, with the greatest respect, didn't have a brilliant playing career, would not have made a huge amount of money. Um, as had, you know, as a manager at Swindon, was a co-chair in MP Dons, and I was at Notts County. Again, in terms of finances, it's probably not you know, a particularly wealthy man in footballing terms, whereas he'll come here and he'll treble his wage or maybe even quadruple his wage. And that that could be a bit of a factor for him as well, plus the fact it's up two divisions. And, um, you know, let's be honest, if he was to get fired by us, what the chances are he'll still get another job, you know, either in League One or League Two. So it wouldn't be a career-ending move for him. So from his point of view, I mean, there's a lot to gain from, from this job. He can, you know, he's got a great opportunity to, you know, put himself in the sock window as a lot of previous Swansea managers have done and gain experience really and try and show what he can do at a higher level. But, I mean, if it goes badly, he will get into another job as well. Whereas, let's say, you know, the wheels did come off at Notts County for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then um, he would have a problem, wouldn't he? I'm not saying he wouldn't get another job, but his next job would be towards maybe the bottom of League Two or in the conference. And, um, you know, so there isn't a lot to lose for him, I think, taking this job apart from maybe his sanity if uh, the owners don't back him. Yeah. Um, and we are a good we are a good stepping stone, whether we want to be or not. Managers have gone from us um, onto, onto bigger jobs and being poached. Listen, from our perspective, a manager being poached means that we're being successful as a football club. So it's not, the, it's not necessarily a bad thing, even though we feel like it is at the time. Um, you know, he was touted to be somewhat the brains behind Russell Martin's style of play um, and and really feeding that back to him as as how, you know, he should, uh, how things should look. And um, so I don't want to put too much on that kind of thing. But if anyone's not familiar with, you know, Notts County's um, success last season, um, quite emphatic. They broke uh, broke quite a few records, Steve. They won um, 32 of their games, uh, which is an incredible amount of bloody games. Christ alive. Fewest defeats they've ever had in a season, which was three um, most points, which, as you can imagine, with 32 wins, was massive, 107, which is only bettered, really, by the fact that they scored 10 more goals than they got points, which was 117 goals. It's absolutely obscene. Uh, Most away wins, or they drew the most away wins record with 15, 
and their uh, longest ever unbeaten run in their history of 25 games. And get this, their goal difference last season, plus 75. So he's not out to get to scrape 1-0 wins, is he? No, exactly. Um, it's going to be entertainment, isn't it? I think that's a, that's a good way of, uh, of looking at it. And look, I think, Daniel, you'll always forgive a little bit more if you're getting entertainment. Like, we, we will concede some goals that will probably make us want to tear our hair out. But, you know, we're likely to see a lot of entertainment as well. So, you know, we've got to just be, you know, a bit realistic that there's going to be days where it costs us, but there's going to hopefully be some really good days as well. So, and, you know, hopefully the positives will um, will outweigh the negatives. But, yeah, he doesn't, um, you know, he's certainly not a shutting up shop kind of manager, is he? I mean, I was on a, a podcast for um, previewing the Morecambe game the, the other day and um, the the man I was talking to was explaining that he was at the Notts County Morecambe game a few days before. And um, he said that Notts County were absolutely brilliant and beat them 5-0. So, you know, there's levels, obviously, but... I mean, that that just shows you how impressed they were because, I mean, you've got people watching games regularly and Lots County were particularly impressive, so that says a lot. Yeah, um, their home record this season has been has been excellent. I think it's their away record that's perhaps been a little bit um, not concerning, but something that the, the fans would have liked or would like Nick Williams to address. Um, well, I don't have to worry about that now, will they, if he's, uh, if he's on his way here? But, um, yeah, certainly something that taking at face value, Steve. We haven't seen enough entertainment at the uh, at the uh, Liberty, have we? So if we're going to start playing as we like to do, especially at home, let's play on the front foot. Let's not show the opposition too much respect. Let's get at them. Let's make them worry about us. If we can get a little bit more of that, we talk about the dwindling crowds and the apathy. Um, let's Let's get our home form sorted and let's make it exciting to go down to home games again. Yeah, exactly. That's what um, we're looking for, isn't it? I mean, we, we just want some some entertainment and to feel, you know, a bit more optimistic about the future because I think that's been a lot of what the problem is, really. I mean, it's not just that we do feel, you know, down about now. It's that you don't see, like, a huge amount of hope in, in the future either. And, um, you know, that's what we're, we'll be hoping for now with, um, with Luke Williams, hopefully, if he takes the job. Yeah, and um, how do you... Um, how do you see January going now? Um, obviously, he's hit each year. The uh, transfer window is open. And we're looking to see if there's anything uh, in terms of movement from the Swans. But obviously, the manager situation, it's not been naive to think they called him up for the first time today and he isn't aware of anything that's going on. And these conversations have probably started some weeks ago um, in terms of what we would look to do, what he would want us to do. Um, do you see much movement from our perspective? Um, that's a tough question at the moment. I mean, I'm not hugely convinced because I actually think our squad is a bit too big. I think there's a few people that need to go, like squad players. Like I'm thinking of, you know, Ogbeta as one. I mean, the, the other Dutch left-back has barely played at all. We've got three goalkeepers. So one of them needs to go, really. Um, you know, even in midfield, we've got a hell of a lot of players. It's... You know, I think we need to trim the squad a bit. And if, and if that's what we have to do to bring people in, can't really argue with it because there's a, quite a few people that are not playing. And, um, you know, compared to last year, we seem to have a lot more players. But I think ideally, unless Williams does want to go down the route of um, 
whatever it's called, wing backs, then we are going to need to bring some wide players in. And um, suppose we have got a decision to make over Balassi as well, haven't we? Because he's going to uh, be out of contract soon. So it's up to us if we decide to extend it. And um, I think I'm on the fence really about that at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, listen, he came on for the last 10 minutes the other day and was put through one-on-one by Grounds and uh, didn't make it as close as the edge of the area, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the weather necessarily helped anyone in the game, but uh, you'd expect anyone, really, if he's if he's put through in a position from the halfway line to be difficult to stop. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is with Balassi, isn't it? We knew what we were buying, we were bringing in when we brought him in the short-term contract. Duff even said, as uninspiring as it was when he brought him in, that uh, his legs aren't what they used to be and stuff. So, um, yeah, absolutely, in terms of his position, um, it's, uh, it's 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 up in the air. But um, it's, it looks imminent. I keep checking because, as it records, it still hasn't been officially announced. Um, so we're still kind of guessing that this is going to be imminent. But if he is in place... And he is ready to um, to take control of this team. He'll be in the dugout for the Morecambe game on Saturday. How do you see how do you see us shaping up for that if uh, it's Luke Williams? I do think we'll see a stronger team than maybe if Sheehan was still in charge, um, which I agree with, to be honest. I mean, let's be realistic. As I've said, it feels like we're <clears throat> the rest of the season could be a free hit. So why can't we have a go in the FA Cup? I mean, it could be a really good year to have a run, um, whether that's only... We get past Morecambe and get a, a good draw and end up going out, or you know, you you get a a, a decent draw and you, you carry on going through for a couple of rounds. I mean, that would give us uh, again a bit a bit of optimism, also a little bit of cash potentially. So I think we should be taking it seriously. I I, I do think maybe one or two changes. I mean, we're looking at Joe Allen. Obviously, um, is coming back to fitness. I think it'd be a good idea to give him an hour. I mean, Sam Parker, we haven't talked about who did. Did reasonably well, I thought at Coventry. I mean, is he worth another go? I, I think that he is. I mean, and I think maybe some of the players that have played a lot of minutes, maybe one of them too could be, um, you know, taken out of it. I mean, could Alan come in for Grimes, for example, and Grimes then could maybe replace him with half an hour to go? Could um, could Patterson be taken out for Ollie Cooper, maybe because again he's played a lot of minutes. So I think there's that chance maybe to to take a couple out, but in general, I would. Um, I'd like to see a strong team, really, and I think we should try and try and go on a, a little bit of a run because there's no reason not to. When you're in mid-table, it just makes sense to to go down that route, really. And um, yeah, like I say, a few quid in the, the bank as well won't do any harm, will it? Yeah. Well, last time we appointed a manager a couple of days before a game, Steve, we saw um, our defender volleyer at the keeper after 30 seconds and. Uh, it was extreme football introduction chucked in the deep end for us even because we were like, wow, this is how we're going to play crazy. Um, are we are we hoping or expecting or even wanting it to be a quick reverse back to uh, where we were um, in Russell Martin's time and the players taking those sorts of risks and playing that style of play? Do you think he's going to he's going to demand that sort of early early reaction in terms of how they know he wants them to play? I think he will, but at the same time, I think gotta be realistic here. I mean, he's not even in the door yet. He wouldn't have taken a training session. If he does, he'll only take one or two. So I don't think you're gonna see maybe an extreme thing just yet. I think maybe you'll have to wait a, a week or so for that. But I mean, we we may do. Um, but it, it just feels as if 
you know, the, the game is coming too quick for it. I know Martin didn't have long, but he did actually have a full week, didn't he? You know, then so he had twice as much time as what Williams is is likely to get now. So yeah, we'll 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 see, of course. But I, I do think it, it won't be long until we do see exactly what he wants to do. I mean, so you know, but that could well be at Birmingham the week after then. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting times. It's it's, it's potentially exciting times um, for for us again. Now it's been a long time since we've uh, been able to say that. So uh, fingers crossed. As I said, I, going back to something I said earlier, Steve, he was the one candidate, the standard candidate for me of the short list. Who I thought uh, if I had to pick one of these six or seven names, that would be the one um, by some distance. Was it the same for you with Williams? Yeah, I think it was in the end. I was quite happy with Chris Davis, to be honest with you. But I think when I saw with Williams was, you know, just this commitment to, you know, possession football, but with, like, purpose. And you can't help but get excited when you see 117 goals last season, which is the top in all five divisions. And now this year they've got 55 and they're the top in, you know, the the top four divisions. So, you know, you see that. it's, It's hard to think that you don't want that to come in through the door, really. So... Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with Williams. I think in the end he was the the best choice, really. Certainly the most exciting choice. Yeah, let's get excited. Let's uh, let's try let's try because this is this is the hope that kills you, isn't it? As a fan. So let's just let put our hearts on the line again, which we do all the time for them to get crushed. But Steve, this is probably the easiest one I've asked you in a, a year or so now. But uh, and let's end on a positive spin and give us a little bit of optimism to end the podcast. Well, if Luke Williams comes in, then, as I've said, we're going to see a, a man who strongly believes in possession-based football and one that his team score a lot of goals. So what more does a man need to say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, we hope it means that our, it's already been done. <laughs> so we're having a word with Dan and asking him not to put it up if the shit hits the fan on this again. But I'm hopeful this time we're going to have a better outcome and um, we have something to look forward to going forward for the rest of the season and whatever that entails. But uh, yeah, roll on uh, the next couple of days while we see what that holds in store for us. But from myself and Steve, thank you very much for listening to this lengthy podcast and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.